0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. It's a long story. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 55. So 55. I feel like I should be like the fantasy footballers and have like a uh, Sammy Hagar 55 uh, pop in right there. So we are in uh, episode number 55. And today, given that we just had a fake real football game, right, in the Hall of Fame game, Today, what we're going to do is talk about 10 preseason battles that are taking place. And I'm going to talk about who I think will win them, kind of how I have them ranked now, but how I'm open to kind of looking at the situations and being willing to change my, my rankings considerably, depending on what happens um, in these 10 positional battles. Before I do, let me just give you an invitation to rate and review. I'd love it if you would rate and review this podcast. If you're listening, that's the best thing that you could do for me. It's about to be full-on dynasty season, and people are going to start checking out podcasts. And if you were to rate and review, it just makes it a little bit more likely that people will find me. So I'd appreciate it. I have been building a website and podcast for about a year now and have a year's worth of content, almost exactly a year now. And I did that really to get better at practicing it, but I really wanted to have some verifiable, contestable content on the site so that you can read the articles, you can listen to podcasts, and you can decide for yourselves whether or not I can be your most uh, trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. So help me out by giving me a rate and review. I'd really appreciate it. If you do, I will read them. Uh, We don't have any from this last week, but we will from now on read them if you were to give me a rate or a review, I guess is what I'd be able to read. Hey, so let's jump into the topic today. We are finally had kind of a A preseason game of sorts, if you can call it that. Preseason always feels like fake fake football, especially early in these first games. Uh, But there there are plenty of things that we can learn from preseason as it progresses. There's a lot of news from training camps that is really fluff, but there's also some that's really insightful. Uh, Preseason games, I think, reveal the most about which players are winning the position battles. And while you don't want to read too much into one great play that a player makes, You do want to read a lot into what teams are thinking by way of snap counts, by way of touches, uh, who's running with the first team, and even who's not playing uh, because they're trying to protect them until the season starts. So what I aim uh, to do is take all of the clues that are uh, and accurately adjust players' values uh, accordingly before the season starts on September 5th. And So we've got these next four weeks really to kind of tweak our rankings one more time before the season starts. There are many position battles which I'm paying the most attention to this preseason. I have ideas about who I think will win the jobs, and I have players ranked accordingly. But in this, in these positional battles, particularly these 10 we're going to talk about today, I'm very willing to change my mind and adjust the rankings based on what I hear and what I see over the next few weeks of both training camp and, and things that come out of camp, but particularly when we get to watch the preseason games. So here we have it. Here are 10 preseason positional battles that I'm monitoring the most in which I think players' values will rise or or fall the most in the next few weeks. So we'll start with number 10. Number 10 is the Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. So just to give you an idea where I have them ranked, I have Marquise Brown ranked number 56, Miles Boykin ranked number 64, Willie Sneed ranked number 86, and Chris Moore number 92. Those are just receivers' rankings. I put this one at number 10 because I'm not too high on any of these wide receivers, as you can tell, with uh, uh, Marquise Brown being ranked the highest of all the Baltimore receivers at 56. Um, I don't have them ranked very high because I'm honestly not too high on Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm slower than most people to rank uh, rookie wide receivers high also because I really feel like they have to prove something because wide receivers bust way more than running backs do. And by that fact, it's kind of interesting that Baltimore's top two uh, wide receivers are rookies in my rankings. So they're not going to be ranked very high because that's my philosophy when it comes to wide receivers. I don't rank rookie wide receivers very high until they've proven something. So that's not saying much about their wide receiver depth, right, if two rookies are the highest ranked. So uh, so, so far in training camp, Boykin's been getting all the camp buzz. Like, it doesn't seem uh, too reliable to me uh, from what what the beat reporters are saying, but uh, Brown, uh, on the other hand, is yet to practice, so we don't really have any full reports on him. He is recovering from his foot surgery. He's been cleared to practice, cleared to play, but we haven't got any accounts of him actually playing on the field and proving anything like to have with Boykin. So Brown was the first wide receiver drafted last year in the NFL draft, and so he has the draft capital, so I'm sure that he'll get every chance to start if he gets well. Um, and then we've got Snead, Willie Snead, who's the third in my rankings Snead's a veteran whose starting spot is about the only secure starting spot on the roster. I do believe that he'll start, um, but I don't think that his dynasty value is going to move no matter what happens in this offseason or this preseason or during the season. He could very well be the the wide receiver that scores the most points for Baltimore this year, but that doesn't mean he's going to move up in dynasty stock because I think his ceiling is too low. Finally, then there's Chris Moore that I have ranked number 92. He's barely in my rankings, but I've not removed him because I find it hard to believe that two rookies will actually beat him out. It's possible that Moore's actually going to have a, a decent season this year as far as that goes. But what I want to do this offseason, or during this preseason rather, is I want to watch Brown and Voykin as carefully as I can. So hopefully Brown's actually going to get to play some during the preseason. If one or both of them win starting jobs, I'll move them up pretty, you know, considerable amount in my rankings. But I'm not going to move them up too far because I still feel like Baltimore looks like a run-first team, and I think it looks like Mark Andrews, the tight end there, Baltimore might be the leading targeted player for Baltimore. So if you can't be the leading targeted player on your team, you're not going to move up very high as a receiver in my rankings. So I'll be watching those guys to see who can actually win the starting position and see if there gets any hint that that Lamar Jackson actually can pass the ball and that they're not going to be as run-oriented. But if all things point to them being run-oriented and Jackson hasn't increased in his accuracy, um, I'm going to keep all these guys pretty lowly ranked. Moving to number nine, number nine battle that I'll be watching this this time. This is kind of a two-parter. We've got uh, Seattle, both the running back and the wide receiver position. So I have Rashad Penny ranked number 24 and Chris Carson ranked number 28. So they're super close in my dynasty rankings. As far as receivers, I have Tyler Lockett ranked number 34, DK Metcalf number 43, David Moore, number 65, and Gary Jennings, number 80. And they actually don't even have Jerron Bound ranked. Talk about the running back position first. Uh, honestly, I don't think that Penny and Carson will move up or down very much in my rankings unless one of them gets injured. I think that they're likely to share a 50-50 workload this season, and I doubt that they'll get many carries during the preseason either to prove, us, to prove anything to us. They have four or five of the younger guys that are kind of fighting for roster spots there, and I'm pretty sure that most of them are going to get the bulk of the carries during the preseason while Penny and Carson stay healthy by not playing. I actually like Carson more than Penny um, in the short term, so this next year or two, but I have Penny ranked a little bit higher because he's younger and has just a higher draft capital than Carson did, although Seattle, of course, is the one team that doesn't pay much attention to draft capital. Um, But the receiver's a little bit uh, different here. So unlike Baltimore, Seattle has an awesome quarterback in Russell Wilson, but like Baltimore, they do plan to be a run-heavy team this year which makes it hard for me to be too hopeful for any of the Seattle wide receivers overall. But that said, Wilson's good enough to make his wide receivers better, even if they have to be ridiculously efficient like Tyler Lockett was this last season. In the preseason, um, in the preseason, what I do is I hope to see if, primarily how they plan to use DK Metcalf. Like if he's used as a deep threat, and particularly if he's used as a red zone target, I think back to how Russell Wilson targeted Jimmy Graham when Jimmy Graham was with Seattle, just an awesome uh, red zone threat. If they use Metcalf that way, um, I'd be very much more likely to move Metcalf up in my rankings. So, as for David Moore, uh, I don't think that there's too much that he can do during this preseason. Um, but I do think that he's really going to have enough experience with Seattle, given that he's in his third year with Seattle, that he knows the offense better. And I'm not going to be surprised if he actually is the starter um, opposite uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean Tyler uh, Tyler Lockett. So I think that Lockett and Moore are likely to start, and Metcalf will have to work his way into that position. But even if he does win the job, I don't think it'll move him up very much. But what could change in Moore's value for me would be if Metcalf really does earn the starting job and plays really well during the preseason, and it becomes really clear that Moore isn't going to be on the field as much as I would think. So if he loses his starting role to Metcalf, Moore is going to fall a lot. Like, Moore, Moore would fall pretty far down in my rankings from where he is right now, which isn't too high given that he's ranked number sixty-five. All right, moving on to number eight position battle. This is the Buffalo Bills running backs. This is crazy. I have Devin Singletary, number fifty eight, TJ Yeldon ranked number sixty three. LaShawn McCoy ranked number sixty nine. And Frank Gore ranked number one oh four. That's crazy, right? And so I think this is probably the most confusing backfield that we have. Um in all the NFL right now, I have no idea what Buffalo intends to do. Um, but I just have these players, if you look at it, they're actually ranked based on their age. And I didn't do that strictly based on their age, but you can see what I'm thinking there. I'm just kind of I'm thinking about upside and long-term. None of them ranked high, but I've got to rank the youngest guys with the most possible hope. But it's crazy that a whole backfield in Buffalo doesn't have a player ranked ahead of number 58 among running backs for me. That's pretty crazy. Um, definitely the worst running back core in the league. So um, I think that uh, McCoy and Gore are just starting to age out. That's why I have them ranked so low. I don't think there's much that they could do during this preseason to really increase their value for me, given their age. Um, I I do think it's interesting that Yeldon was targeted by Buffalo in free agency, that they went to go pick him up. And, of course, they drafted Devin Singletary. Um, And Singletary actually did not have ranked as high as I did a lot of the other rookies in this draft. So I imagine – um, in the preseason, that they're going to kind of feature these younger guys to give them a chance to get acclimated. They're not going to run Gore and McCoy out there very much during the preseason, so I don't think as a result we're going to get much of a much of an indication about how people's values could change. For me, uh, one of the biggest changes that could happen here, because it's been rumored that McCoy might be traded. If Gore was to, if McCoy would get traded, then uh, that would mean that Gore would pretty much stay where he is, but Yeldon and Singletary would get a pretty good bump. Uh, Because I think then they would state that we've got these younger guys that have an opportunity to become the number one running back there, um, and not be clouded. So I think I'll be watching more so not the how they use McCoy and Gore if they even use them at all during uh, preseason, but I will watch how they use Yeldon and Singletary Yeah, if they're kind of one supposed to be more of a passing down passing downs back or not, kind of like Yeldon was in Jacksonville last year, or if they're really just going to split carries, but. Not too high on any of these guys. Uh, it's going to be fun <laughs> to see if we get any clues on what they do. I think this is probably the one we're going we're to get the least clues during the offseason. We'll probably have to wait till the season to decide what's going to happen there in Buffalo. Number seven positional battle, I have actually the Denver Broncos wide receivers. That's because I have Cortland Sutton ranked number 53 and Deshaun Hamilton number 57. Then we have Emmanuel Sanders ranked number 91, and I have Tim Patrick ranked number 92. Um, I've always been lower on Sutton um, and higher on Hamilton than almost any other analyst, so I'm 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 pretty sure. I've, I've got to be the one that has them closer in my rankings than anyone else in the industry. They're only four spots apart, right? I have Sutton still just barely. He's just a hair above um, Hamilton, largely because of his draft capital. Have to keep that in consideration. And given the fact that he truly is like the more prototypical size leading wide receiver, he's got the frame the size that – Really, he should become the number one, but I'm not sure because I like Hamilton a lot more than others do. They do have a new quarterback this year in Flacco and a new coaching staff, so that means it's kind of a starting over. Um, It remains to be seen whom Flacco will actually naturally connect with in the preseason, so hopefully the preseason will make that a little bit more clear. And then to make the situation worse is complicated by the reports that Emmanuel Sanders has actually recovered really well from his torn Achilles. And I still have him ranked way lower than most because I just don't believe it. Like, it's just so hard to believe the reports that someone could come back after a torn Achilles, one of the worst injuries for a receiver or running back. And so if Sanders, the only thing that could change my mind right here is if Sanders plays in the preseason, I'll change my ranking considerably. In that case, Sanders would move move way up. So even though he's older, I think he's a proven star. So if he was to actually play in the preseason or it was really obvious that he was Going to start when the season started, I'd move him way up from number ninety-one, and he'd probably be right there in the fifties with Sutton and Hamilton. That's how much I like Sanders. I just have a hard time believing him. I do have Tim Patrick at number ninety-two because I like him more than more than most, and then I actually picked up uh, Jawan Winfrey after hearing some reports about what he's done in several of my leagues. I think four of my leagues. I picked him up uh, this last week, just off of waivers, and he looked good in the Hall of Fame game. He did get to play last night and uh, had that touchdown catch. So he's got something going for him a little bit. Uh, I think that there's just a quite a bit of competition there, and it's pretty unsettled as to really what the r- wide receiver rotation is going to be. So a lot to watch there in Denver. Number six positional battle will be, of course, one you would think of as the Tampa Bay running backs. I have Ronald Jones right now ranked number 42, and Peyton Barber ranked number 52, And they have Bruce Anderson ranked number 61. So they're all within about 19 spots of each other, all bundled in the middle there of the kind of mid-tier bad running backs, right? So this is because I was a lot lower on Ronald Jones than almost everyone else in the rookie draft two years ago. So I didn't pick him up anywhere in any of my rookie drafts because everyone was willing to take him before I would. And I feel like I was proven right because his play last year was so bad. I only have him above the other Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay running backs because of his draft capital. Like, that's really it. That's the only reason why I have him there. I think he's got to be given a chance. And so uh, he's going to be one that I think will be able to watch this preseason and make a pretty definitive decision on him. If he doesn't show something in the preseason, I will happily move him behind Barber and behind Anderson. Like, I'll drop him like a rock. Like, he'll drop in the 60s or 70s for me. Barber could move up a little bit in my rankings if Jones really struggles. But Barber, I feel like, is kind of capped on a ceiling, so I don't think he would move up very much. On the other hand, Bruce Anderson, if he was to show something during the preseason, I would move him way up in my rankings. So if you've been following me, you know that I've always been way higher on him than almost anyone else in the industry. And I've drafted him on a bunch of my teams in my rookie drafts. I'm super super uh, hopeful for what he can do there in Tampa Bay. And if he was to do something great during the preseason man, he would he would rock it up ahead of both Barber and Jones for sure. So that's one I'll be watching, certainly. Number five, we've got the Chicago Bears wide receiver number one battle. You might not think of it as a battle, but I do. I have Allen Robinson ranked number 29. And I have Anthony Miller ranked number 39. I'm not sure uh, how much we're going to see of them during training camp and preseason games, so it's going to be a little bit hard to tell. But I really believe that Anthony Miller can become the wide receiver one in Chicago ahead of Allen Robinson. Um I won't take much, uh, it won't take much for me to move them closer in the rankings or even move Miller ahead of Robinson before the season starts. I'll listen to what the beat writers are saying and try to, you know, what they say they're watching and seeing in camp. Um, I'm going to pay a lot of attention to their target counts during the preseason games when they do play. I'm going to especially watch who they target in the red zone. Um, I had Miller ranked way higher than, than others did uh, in the rookie draft two years ago and so I've been trying to trade for him in a lot of my leagues where I don't have him and really believe that he has a chance to surplant Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson of course had the great playoff game but other than that he didn't have a lot of world breakout games. Um, Miller didn't either but he did have a good number of touchdowns and played the entire season with a hurt shoulder so when he comes back healthy I'm not going to be surprised at all. If Miller actually surpasses Alan Robinson, not sure we'll get to see a lot in the preseason that will, or you know, let us know what we're supposed to do in that regard. But the very little clues we do get could make me make that change. Number four, we go to the Miami Dolphins running back situation. I have Kenyon Drake ranked number thirty-six. I have Kalen Balage ranked number forty-five, and Miles Gaskin, uh, distance from them quite a bit, ranked number ninety. I was super surprised to hear that Balazs was taking the first team reps in training camp. And then I was even more surprised to hear their new coach in Flores praising Balazs' play. So while I'm not sure that I believe it, I'm still not sure that I really believe it. Um, the news did make me move Drake down just a little bit and Balazs up just a little bit in my ranking. So now they're only nine spots away. Um, like I said about Seattle, I don't think that we're going to learn a lot about them in the preseason. I suspect that this is going to be like a split backfield with Drake and Balage next year, about 50-50. And then even during the preseason, they're going to play a lot of their younger guys and Gaskins, and uh, they just uh, acquired uh, Mark Walton as well. Um, I think they're going to get the bulk of the preseason reps, so we're not really going to figure out a lot. So we'll have to pay attention to the training camp reports and things like that. One thing that's unique about uh, Kenyon Drake and Belage, if they do get some preseason play, is that they're both super capable of making really big plays. And so one thing you don't want to do when you're watching this try to, is, is try to go with the guy that makes the big breakout play because if if just one of them happens to be in there when there's a huge breakout play, you're going to think automatically, like, oh, that's it. That guy's, that guy's going to be the starter. Um, I'm not willing to do that. These guys are always going to stay close to me uh, until probably in the middle of the season. So if one makes a big play, I'm just going to say, look, they're both big playmakers. One just happened to be in there at the time. It won't be too big of a factor for me. But it's one to watch for sure and monitor. Number three, we have the New England Patriots running back situation. I have James White right now, ranked number 23. Damian Harris, ranked number 30. And Sonny Michelle, ranked number 31, or 37, rather. James White's going to be targeted a ton this year. Uh, Last year, I believe, was not a fluke. I don't see why so many people are not ranking him higher than they are. White had 123 targets last year, second only to Christian McCaffrey by one, who had 124. I just think his targets are going to go up. Uh, Gronk is gone Edelman could carry this injury into it They've got a lot of unproven wide receivers Brady can't throw the ball downfield as much as he has So I think they're going to rely on a lot of the short passing game In addition to becoming more of a run first team I just think James White is solid Particularly in a PPR league Like he's he's solid I love having him as a starter in my PPR leagues As for Michelle and Harris uh, I think I'm probably one of the few analysts If any that have Harris ranked ahead of Michelle I was a lot lower on Michelle uh, than most people when he came in the rookie draft two years ago, largely because of injuries and feeling like he just wasn't like a really good between the tackles type of runner. Like when I'm when I'm getting running backs, I love the, the guys that can just run between the tackles and didn't feel like that was where Michelle excelled, but I felt like that is exactly where Harris does excel. And so when New England drafted him, my, my kind of ears went up, so to speak, where I was like, man, this could mean something here. The only thing that could change here for me during this uh, offseason, these next four weeks and preseason is if, if Michelle does get to 100% healthy, by that I mean like if he was actually taking snaps during preseason games, You know that means they're, they're definitely not protecting him anymore. But then I'd be tempted to move him up a little bit. Um, but that said, I don't, I'm not sure that I'm ever really gonna move him ahead of Harris. I think I've kind of solidified my mind right now that Harris is ahead of him until uh, proven otherwise, which I think would have to be some time in the season. I'll be watching to see how he plays. What could change for me a lot is if I see Harris during the preseason which I think we're more likely to see Harris than we are to see Michelle just because the the coaching staff there's already seen Michelle in real game play but they've not seen Harris and so they're going to give him some chances in the preseason if Harris does really well in the preseason he's going to move up even faster where there's not a whole lot that can move Michelle up a lot can move Harris up in my rankings so and uh, whereas James White his role is like Independent, Like, nothing that happens between Harris and Michelle is going to affect White's role because he plays a completely different role on the team. And his dynasty value is still pretty much secure there. He's going to be stuck at about number 23 for me, whereas Harris could go get close to him if he proves to be the better running back as far as not receiving back there in New England. Two more to go. Uh, these two are really some of the biggest for me. Number two is the Washington Redskins wide receivers. This is a whole crazy situation with all these receivers. So... As far as my rankings, I have Trey Quinn, number 59. I have Josh Doxson, number 72. Kelvin Harmon, number 75. Terry McLaurin, number 80. And Paul Richardson, number 87. This is crazy. I can't even put in, uh, there, any receiver of them ahead of number 59. And 59 is a slot guy. So this is definitely a messy situation worth watching uh, during this preseason, and I think we'll get some good clues on this. I do have Quinn – I'll say from the start that I do have Quinn ranked the highest. That's just because he secured the slot role, and I think that he'll excel there. I picked him up in several of my leagues at the end of last year and even some here in the offseason this year. Um, It's the outright receivers where there's going to be huge competition and where I think that if one of them were to clearly show that they're going to be the starter – I think I'd pretty quickly move them ahead of Trey Quinn just because I want to target generally an outside receiver ahead of a slot receiver in my rankings. So I'm actually giving Josh Dotson one more year to prove himself. He's actually one of my most owned wide receivers when I look at my, uh, my teams. It's crazy. I didn't draft him anywhere, though. Uh, I didn't draft him in any rookie drafts, but I've picked him up off the waiver wire when teams have got frustrated and dropped him. I've also added him as a throw-in in several trades, so I have him in, in multiple leaks. Um, he's already, um, admitted that he's likely not going to be resigned, uh, by, you know, when his contract expires. So his contract expires this year and he's already been kind of quoted saying he's not going to be surprised if he gets let go. Uh, don't like that from a confidence standpoint, but I feel like he's just speaking the reality that this was made clear when the Redskins drafted two wide receivers in this year's draft and McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon. Still, I believe this is, could be his breakout year. And so I have him ranked just a hair ahead of the rest. Um, This is, uh, he's, that's largely because he's got the best grasp of the offense, like he's been in the offense now for three years, so he has, feel like he's going to have every opportunity to start just because he knows what he's doing. For the other guys, though, Harmon was my number one ranked wide receiver before the NFL draft, so among the rookie drafts, Harmon was my number one ranked receiver, but man, I had to drop him way down in my rookie rankings after he slipped to the sixth round of the NFL draft, while his partner in crime there now in Washington, Terry McLaurin, was drafted in the third round. I still, believe that Harmon, uh, I still believe in Harmon, and I want to see if he can win the starting role. Um, McLaurin uh, also has the highest draft capital, so that means he's could probably going to get even more chances, let alone the fact that he's played with Dwayne Haskins, who's the rookie uh, quarterback there at Ohio State, who is already going to have a connection with him. But I don't think that he's necessarily going to be named the starter right away. All in all, this is just a mess, and so I'm way down on Paul Richardson. I know other people perceive that he's going to be the starter, but I've just never liked Paul Richardson, so I like Doxon and Harmon a lot more than him um, and McLaren as well. So I doubt that there will be a ton of clarity when it comes to training camps this preseason, but two or three of these guys are going to move up whenever we figure out who's going to be the outside starting receivers, and when they do get decided, um, I think that there's a chance that I'll move someone to be my number one redskin ahead of Trey Quinn, number 59, the slot guy who's there right now. And finally, the last camp battle that I'm looking at is the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, number one. Uh, we have, I have Christian Kirk ranked number 28, Andy Isabella ranked number 47, Hakeem Butler ranked number 74, Keyshawn Johnson ranked 83, and then Larry poor Larry Fitzgerald ranked number 85. So here's the deal. Well, this is why this one's so interesting, right? Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Like They make the Cardinals just a huge unknown. We don't know what's going to happen to them. Add to, that, add to that the fact that they drafted three rookie wide receivers, and this is, like for me, the number one positional battle to pay attention to. Kirk is by far my favorite. I really think that he'll lead the team in targets and fantasy points, but that's about the only thing I'm sure about. Beyond that, I really don't know what to expect, and I want to watch this preseason to see what what really will happen. It's uh, so sad to see uh, one of my all-time favorite players And uh, Larry Fitzgerald ranked the lowest among all these players. That's literally just based on his age. He'll probably score more points than a lot of these guys, um, than most of these guys during the season. But it's just because of age, and we're talking about dynasty value. And so from that standpoint, I like Isabella more than the others, um, besides Christian Kirk, because they drafted him in the second round. So he's got some good draft capital. Um, He's also the slot receiver, and I feel like he's kind of locked into that position. Because he's locked in that position, I think his position is secure. Whereas Fitzgerald and Akeem Butler and Keyshawn Johnson, I think they're really going to fight it out for who's going to get the most playing time uh, beyond that. When it, and the, I was a lot lower on Butler, the most analysts, and a lot higher on Keyshawn Johnson, the most analysts, I definitely had Butler ranked ahead of Keyshawn Johnson I'm just saying compared to where everyone else was ranking them and so that's probably why they're a little closer in my rankings uh, Hakeem Butler at number 74 and Keyshawn Johnson at 83 like I really believe in Keyshawn Johnson that's probably why I have him higher right there buzz out of camp is that Keyshawn Johnson's playing better than Butler right now too which is not too surprising for me because Johnson is a much more polished wide receiver where Butler's really relies on his athleticism and I think maybe the precision of this new offense is going to lend itself to being, you know, kind of more the precision type of player like Johnson. Again, I feel like uh, Isabella's role is locked into the slot, so I feel comfortable having him considerably ranked ahead of the rest of these guys. But I'm going to watch real closely primarily to see between Butler, Keyshawn Johnson, and Larry Fitzgerald what happens. Odds are that they're going to use a lot of four wide receiver sets there, so Fitzgerald can play along with Isabella and Christian Kirk, and then it's either going to be Butler or uh, Keyshawn Johnson, and that's really what I'm trying to stake my eyes on to see what I'll be doing because uh, both of those guys will be kind of on the end of your cutting when you have to cut down your, your rosters. So the good thing, too, about Arizona is it strikes me that they're going to be a team that we're going to learn a lot from this off season. I think that because they have a new coaching staff, they're going to need to practice, new system, new players. So I imagine that, you know, during their preseason games, we're actually going to learn a lot from them Um, they'll certainly try to hide something so they don't give everyone an idea of what their play is gonna be like, but they can't afford to do that too much, right? Like they actually have to show and practice what they're gonna do. So I think we're gonna get a good view on that. So there you have it. Those are my ten positional battles to be watching during this preseason. It's gonna be fun. We got real football happening. Want to continue to bring these podcasts and we'll kind of start actually talking about what we've learned from the preseason games each week during the next podcast. That's gonna be fun to do. As always, I appreciate you giving a listen. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by emailing me at DynastyFreaks. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's at gmail.com or join me on the website, DynastyFreaks with two E's, Dynasty Freaks.com. I appreciate you. Thanks for giving a listen. You know what to do until next time. You got to go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league.